Hello, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Jalo of the Month Club. I'm your host, Diana. So I had a pretty exciting Memorial Day weekend. Even though my city is still under a stay-at-home order due to COVID-19, my weekend was a little less strange thanks to the virtual edition of Chattanooga Film Festival. Chattanooga Film Festival is a scrappy little nonprofit film festival that manages to obtain a killer lineup year after year. 2020 was no exception. In its first virtual edition, the festival brought feature films, genre shorts, and four full days of live events straight to attendees' homes. There was live commentary, writing workshops, and filmmaker Q&As that were broadcasted straight to your living room. The biggest highlight for me was Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead, and Dave Lawson providing live commentaries on their films Resolution, Spring, and The Endless. Now, I love Justin and Aaron's work, but Spring is one of my all-time favorite films, so I just had to watch that even though I've seen it a million times, and it was so much fun watching the film and listening to their live commentary. I love that. I was lucky enough to have an entire four-day weekend to bask in cinema goodness. I ended up watching 17 feature films and 37 short films during Chattanooga Film Festival. There were so many fantastic shorts during this festival. A few that didn't make my official list. I'm trying to keep my my list to five, so five features and five shorts, but there were so many, so I have to talk about them. One that didn't quite make my list is called Friend of a Friend. It's about a failed musician that takes a job at his uncle's pet crematorium. I really like the art design on this one. The writing was really clever. Then there was Live Forever. It's a musical love letter and tribute to the victims in horror films that didn't quite make it to the sequel. So this entire short was a song and it was all victims of horror movies and it was really fun and very well made. Next we have Separation. On the final night of a heated divorce, a husband and wife acquire a strange new disease. This one was very smart. I enjoyed it. And the director is Rebecca McKendry of Shockwaves and Nightmare University Podcasts. And lastly, on my runner-up list, we have The Boogie Woman. In the fever of her first period, a curious teenager is drawn to her small town's local legend, only to find out that The Boogie Woman is actually real. This one is directed by Erica Scogans. I thought that it had amazing lighting. The costuming was great. I really liked the first half of it. I don't think that the ending stuck as well as it should, but I'm really excited to see what Erica has in store for us in the future. All right, this is my top five. It was really hard. I watched 37 short films. So this is my top five, no particular order. Conspiracy Cruise. This short film stars Henry Sabrowski from Last Podcast on the Left. I will literally watch anything that Henry's in. He's such a fucking goofball and he just makes me laugh. The short is about a conference for conspiracy theorists that are on a cruise ship headlined by Gordon Pike, who is Henry Zabrowski, who was a once famous musician who sacrificed his fame to tell the real truth on the powers that shouldn't be. Now he's at this poorly attended conference, barely making ends meet, questioning his decisions and the conspiracies behind it until his most outlandish theories start to come true. Conspiracy Cruise. I like that one a lot. Next is His and Herzog. I can't even go through this one without laughing. This short film stars Amy Simons, who I love. She's a fantastic actress, and she's in one of my all-time favorite films called You're Next. In this short film, they say that the key to any lasting relationship is communication. But what do you do when your spouse speaks only in the voice of eccentric German filmmaker Werner Herzog? What do you do? Well, I guess you have to watch the short and find out. This one is directed by Gates Bradley, his and Herzog. 
Next is Jazzberry. Jazzberry is like if John Waters made a Lisa Frank short film. A fantastical adventure playfully dealing with sexual politics, men's rights groups, and good old-fashioned girl power. The lead character is Jazzberry, who is played by Samantha Robinson of The Love Witch. She has an amazing voice. She has such a sultry voice that anytime I hear it, it takes me back to another era, which is exactly what Jazzberry did. The next short film that I really liked was called Love Bite. It's a zombie short film. I know zombies might be played out to some people, but I still really like zombie stuff. And this one is about a dysfunctional couple and their dog who take refuge in an abandoned cargo truck during the zombie apocalypse. The couple makes a bet over how the undead virus actually spreads. Is it through a simple love bite? Like if you like bite someone or if you scratch someone, just through saliva or blood. But love bite, I really like that one. Lastly, I must mention the short film Death Walks on Nitrate by Kevin Fermini. This one is definitely for fans of Jalo the Month Club. It is about an icy photographer who encounters a mysterious old woman who plunges her into a psychedelic nightmare. I see shades of early Sergio Martino in this film. If you listen to my episode on All the Colors of the Dark, there are many similarities with the style of that film and this short film. And the music is by Dream Division, who also created this podcast intro music. Before I get into my favorite feature films from the festival, I did want to mention the documentary Fulci for Fake. While this film didn't quite make the cut into my top five films, I do think it is worth checking out if you are a fan of director Lucio Fulci. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you are a fan of his or you're at least familiar with Fulci's work. Fulci for Fake is the first biopic about the director and uses previously unseen materials to investigate the man and his work. The documentary dives into his personal life and features intimate interviews with those closest to him, including his daughter, Camilla. Camilla, who was her father's assistant on the set of some of his productions, provides her first and only long video interview for this documentary. If you want to know more about this documentary, you can follow Fulci for Fake on Facebook. All right, guys favorite feature films from Chattanooga Film Festival 2020. First, we have The Beach House, written and directed by Jeffrey A. Brown. The Beach House follows two college sweethearts as they arrive at a summer home for a romantic getaway. They find the house is already occupied, then their vacation becomes a fight for survival thanks to a mysterious infection. It's really hard to explain exactly where this film goes without spoiling the insane third act, but The Beach House is coming to shutter this summer so you won't have to wait long to watch it. Next up, we have a movie from Japan, Being Natural. In the quiet countryside, a family from Tokyo deprive a local man of his place to live. The film has a slow beginning as a comedy and a satire of romanticized country life. Then the events take a very unexpected turn. Overall, it reminded me of the late director Yasagoro Uzo's work, and a small dash of Takashi Miike. Just a little. If you like weird Japanese films, I would suggest you seek out Being Natural. This next feature won the Audience Award at Chattanooga Film Festival. The film is Jumbo. Jumbo is a movie inspired by the real-life woman who married the Eiffel Tower. The film follows a shy young woman who lives at home with her mother and works as a cleaner at an amusement park. During her long late-night shift, she begins spending time with an alluring new Tilt-A-Whirl ride, yes, an amusement park ride, that she decides to call Jumbo. 
She ends up being seduced by his red lights, smooth chrome, and oily hydraulics. As a result, she wants to pursue a thrilling new relationship with Jumbo. The lead actress in this film is one of the leads from Portrait of a Lady on Fire. The film is French. If this story of a young woman that falls in love with amusement park ride sounds at all interesting to you, put Jumbo on your watch list. This next film is a horror anthology. Scare Package features seven segments, a great mix of horror and comedy, and an engrossing wraparound segment that is a love letter to the genre. Each of the seven directors channeled a different horror subgenre, taking aims at the tropes and cliches that populate that genre. The wraparound segment features a Joe Bob Briggs-obsessed video store owner who recounts stories of terror to his new employee. Scare Package does feel a bit long, but I can definitely see myself watching this every October or putting it on in the background of a Halloween party. And great news for you listeners, Scare Package will be available on Shudder on June 18th. Alright, we have number five, the last film I will talk about. It's my favorite film of the festival. This film won the Best Feature Award and is a true labor of love by first-time director Nicholas Ash Bateman and his crew. The film is The Wanting Mare. If you follow me on social media, you know I have not shut up about this movie since I watched it. Filmed over a period of five years, The Wanting Mare consists of more than 500 visual effects shots and was filmed primarily in a warehouse in New Jersey. However, You would never in a million years think that based on the dreamlike world that you see on screen. It's amazing. This film is so gorgeous. The story takes place in an epic fantasy world and follows a line of women who pass a recurring dream through multiple generations. I'm a sucker for amazing visuals as well as stories that don't quite explain everything and leave room for interpretation or expansion into additional stories. The Wanting Mare ticked all of those boxes for me. This is a movie for fans of the fantasy genre and epic tales like Lord of the Rings and The NeverEnding Story, as well as anyone who simply loves the art of cinema or visual effects. I was fortunate enough to attend the World Building and Independent Film event hosted virtually by the director. It was a fascinating and inspiring event that allowed us viewers a look into the digital journey of bringing The Wanting Mare and its fictional world to life. To say that I was in awe at the before and after shots is an understatement. They filmed in an alley in Baltimore, where I live. I live in a city, and they turned it into something beautiful. They turned it into this field and this sunset, and it was gorgeous. I know the wanting mayor, as well as the team behind it, will go on to do great things, and I will be the first in line to watch whatever they create. The Wanting Mayor's trailer is currently on YouTube, Please give it a watch and follow the film on social media at The Wanting Mare. There's my list of favorite films from Chattanooga Film Festival. Please reach out on social media if you attended the festival or if any of the features or short films that I mentioned sound up your alley. I would love to talk more about them. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club. You can follow myself, Diana, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at DianaNK. And to close out this episode, I wanted to give a giant, giant thank you to the team at Chattanooga Film Festival. They pulled off something extraordinary in only six weeks. I had so much fun, even though I was just at home watching movies. The entire staff completely nailed it, and I'm so impressed with every aspect of this year's virtual film festival. Also, Bubs, Bubs, if you're listening, you're my favorite dude, and I will cherish you forever. I love bubs. 
if you attended the festival, you would understand who Bubs was. If not, just know I love him. You can follow Chattanooga Film Festival on social media at Chat Film Fest, C-H-A-T-T Film Fest. And you can donate to the film festival at chatfilmfest.org backslash donate. Thank you so much for joining me on this very special bonus episode. As always, I'm your host, Diana.